Hello and welcome to the Shmuel Tenenhaus podcast. My name is Shmuel Tenenhaus. That's right. This is my podcast and I am the host and the guest of today's show. So it's been a while since I uh, released the podcast and I actually forgot which side of the microphone to talk out of, but I think I figured it all out. And as you know, as much as I enjoy having a creative outlet to share my jokes with you and my insights on the world, uh, there is also a monetary component whereby I secure sponsorships from very large blue chip brands so that I can maintain my very extreme and fancy lifestyle. So today I want to thank Starbucks for being a sponsor and advertiser of the Schmoll Tenenhaus podcast. Here is their ad read, read by me, Schmoll Tenenhaus of the Schmoll Tenenhaus podcast. Hello from Starbucks. We love Jews. We are aware of some miscommunication issues around Israel and Hamas. Please note, that's not us, corporate Starbucks. Rather, it's just our employees who serve you all around the world. The shareholders don't hate you. Again, all our employees do. But us in corporate, we do not hate you. As a gesture to our affinity to you people, we created a special brew just for you, the Jew brew. It's called the Am Yisrael Chai Latte, which we think is Am Yisrael Chai or Chai, but it's the Am Yisrael Chai Latte. Also, we know you people love to get a bargain, so use code the Shmuel Tenenhaus Podcast to save a nickel on your next purchase. Okay, so we are going to dive into a variety of topics that have been burning inside of my head, and now I have an opportunity to release it onto you so you get to deal with it. The first thing is, I attended a bris of a friend's child, and I came later after the cut, and as you know, the first cut is the deepest. My wife says we have to give them, get them a gift because when our babies were born, they got us a gift. And I quickly had to correct my wife and say, no, we will not get them a gift because then it'll just be a gift exchange. Then nobody really got anything. Right now, they gave us a gift. We have the advantage. Why give that advantage back to them? I mean, again, this is not a Maccabee Santa gift exchange. We got the present. We're good now. We win. And we're moving on. The next thing I want to talk to you is about something very shameful. And of course, I want to share it here on the podcast. And I refer to this as swing shame. So when our babies were born, we borrowed one of those baby swings from somebody in the community via a WhatsApp group chat that I don't participate in, but my wife does. And we pick up the swing and, you know, I think it rocked a little too fast. Like basically, if you wanted to make a milkshake or stir something in it, you could have put it on the baby swing, but we didn't end up using it and it kind of sat around. Now, what problem is, 
that months and almost years have gone by and we have yet to return that swing. Now, we have all the intentions of returning that swing, we just haven't prioritized it. So what's worse? We find ourselves in a dilemma. Do we pretend we never borrowed the swing? And then maybe they just think, hey, either they're forgetful or they're thieves, or we could shamefully approach them and say, hey, this baby swing you lent us years ago, we want to return it now. I don't even know if the electricity circuit is the same because it's been such a long time ago. Now, the swing, I don't know if you're familiar with baby swing, but it has legs. And so we always have, like I said, the last couple of months, we resolved, we have to give this back and we have to live with the shame. And so we've been moving it in and out of our respective car trunks. And it's almost like having like a crippled device because there are legs kind of flipping around and uh, it's, it's a very sad state. Now, the last thing that we were waiting on to give that swing back was we were missing the adopter. So essentially the plug that plugs into the swing and because we can't return it and say, here's your swing back, but we're missing the piece that makes the swing actually work because that wouldn't be such a, a nice way to return something. So now we have ordered it on Amazon and I will keep you posted uh, in the following episodes as to what went down when we have to awkwardly call these gracious people and let them know that we are returning their swing. So I had the opportunity and the pleasure of doing some live stand-up comedy uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was for a Jewish organization, possibly run by my sister-in-law and brother. Obviously, I was not hired out of nepotism, uh, it's just a, completely a random uh, coincidence. So this is one of the topics or jokes that I talked about there where there was somebody from our community or maybe a next-door community who wanted to demonstrate appreciation to the police department because Jews need lots of extra protection these days. And they sent over pizza pies to this police department as a gesture of good faith and gratitude. However, I totally hate this idea. Number one, if the Hallandale Police Department finds out that the Hollywood Police Department is getting pizza from their Jews, they're going to say, wait a second, the Jews in our city didn't give us anything. You got to up your game. Bring us some ruglach or bring us something. So right away, that's going to cause some animosity right away between the stations. Second of all, The cops hang out at Dunkin' Donuts a lot. I also seen them at Bagel Cove. So what's happening is they're not necessarily right now in the best of shape to protect us. Uh, So because they're feeling all bloated from all this food that they're having, pizza is the last thing you want to send them. What we should, if we do want to send something to the police, I would send things like a Red Bull so they have a lot of energy and they're edgy and or potentially... uh, Ozempic, like a prescription to Ozempic for those who need it in the police department, those who are a little portly, so they, they can lose weight and run faster. My daughters have shared the unfortunate news 
that uh, Taylor Swift is, I wouldn't say a, a Jew disliker, but let's say we're not her favorite people right now, just based on maybe some contributions that she made. And again, I, I'm, I only get the news secondhand from the most reliable sources, people that I love and trust. And so this really bothered me. Like a lot of things have annoyed me and bothered me uh, very much uh, since the war started. And, you know, a lot of anti-Semitism, people speaking out, but Taylor Swift is in a league of her own. The New York Times has a podcast that they released, I think this week or last week, called The Year of Taylor Swift. So the New York Times is saying, this is the year, and this is the person whose year it was. And so this was really bothering me when I heard about this. And I was perturbed. And basically... I have decided uh, when I woke up the next morning that uh, I would just simply shake it off and not worry about it. I also heard from another reliable friend that Seinfeld was in Israel visiting the troops, which is an amazing thing because, to my knowledge, he hasn't really uh, gotten involved with either Israel or important Jewish causes, at least in such a prominent level. And I actually read a book years ago. It was a biography on Jerry Seinfeld. And it mentioned in the book that he, when, maybe when he was, I guess when he was an adult, he was so paranoid about anti-Semitism that he would subscribe to some anti-Semitic magazines or periodicals just to keep tabs on what's going on. And I kid you not, I'm not making that up. Uh, and so it makes sense that when something like this would happen, it would really trigger him in a way that he wants to express um, support and hope. So I, my wife and I took a parenting class, uh, courtesy of Rabbi Shastaub. And they are, they are starting a new one. They may have just started uh, another course. It's a six-week course, a track for men and a track for women. And uh, it's good. You get a lot of good information in the class. We thought it was very, very helpful. Now, as much as I appreciate the enhanced education I now have to parenting my child, that's not my favorite reason why of, that's not my favorite reason why I took the course. Like looking back, there's really one reason that I can say was worth the money that we spent, the money and the time that we spent taking the cast. And that is, whenever I see another parent doing a terrible job raising their children, I look at them and I say, uh, did you take that Chase Taub parenting class? And they say no. And I say, well, it shows because you're doing a horrible job raising your kid. And so now, because of the six-week course, I feel and manifest that I am a superior parent to other parents around me. And again, I couldn't have done that had I not taken this course. On all, in all seriousness, uh, uh, I highly recommend this. And uh, like I told uh, his uh, daughter who ranges the courses, who asked people to spread the word about the upcoming class, that we would love to have Rabbi Shastaub on the Shmuel Tenenhaus podcast. Now, our shul has upped the game 
on many on many fronts. Let's start with, in addition to the brewed coffee, which we already have, somebody bought a very fancy schmancy, that's actually the name of the brand, coffee machine that makes lattes and all different kind of things uh, going on. And I had a latte this morning, steamed milk with an espresso shot on top, really a great perk. However, I do feel that there is something critically missing from our shul in the back where there's a kitchen. And that is a soft serve ice cream machine because everybody loves soft serve. And how much better would a shul be if there was soft serve ice cream, either in a cup or in a cone? And if you're listening to this and you can make it happen, please do it. The Yidden are going through a very hard time right now, and this would be an amazing thing to do. The other way the shul has upped its game tremendously is there is now a catered breakfast every morning. And guys that would never come to shul or would never eat breakfast have told me that they eat a full breakfast and they wash and have a bagel and it knocks them out for the day. In fact, if you go into the parking lot after shul, you see a bunch of guys in their car with their seats back taking a 35 to 45 minute schluff just to sleep off the breakfast so they have more energy. And some people are so lethargic that Hatzalah is there now in the morning just to make sure that people have enough energy to make it back to their vehicles so they can get on with their day. Kudos to Spotify for creating a channel of pro-Israel and pro-Jewish singers who are not of the Jewish faith. Because obviously if somebody's of the Jewish faith, like that's no big deal. So they have a playlist of uh, pro-Israel, non-Jewish uh, artists. Unfortunately, there's nobody on that list. It's just an empty playlist, which on the flip side, if you look at the bright side, this means that that is a playlist that you could absolutely listen to, I think, in the nine days, in the three weeks, during Sphira, and probably on Shabbos too, because there really is nothing there. Apple continues to send updates to my phone on a very frequent basis. And the latest update, there's a notification in my settings which says, finish setting up your phone. And when I click on that, it says, well, you got to do Face ID, Apple Pay, and a bunch of other creepy Apple features. The thing is, what I would like to tell Apple is I did finish setting up my phone. I mean, you may not think that I finished setting up my phone, but as far as I'm concerned, my phone is a good phone and I'm finished. I'm done setting it up. I do not want Apple Pay. I don't want to be dependent on my phone more than I already am. Like, just leave a couple of things off of the phone. Thank you very much. This morning, actually it was early afternoon, I attended the gym and... It's the YMCA, and there is a sign outside that they put up a couple months ago that said, this is a gun-free zone. So today I walked in and I asked the very polite people who work at the front desks, hey, I saw that there's a sign outside that says this is a gun-free zone. And they said, yes. And I said, well, what about these guns? And I flexed my muscles. Now, this is a true story. They kind of chilled because they were so nervous that somebody was asking a question about the gun policy. But I found it's kind of ironic where you have all this equipment 
for people to work on their guns, but then you say it's a no, it's a, it's a gun-free zone. You should say no weapons on premises or no firearms, but guns, no, guns are in the gym. A friend of mine is running a year-end charity campaign. And the cause that he is giving to is so that he should be able to donate to everybody else's year-end charity campaign. Because everybody right now is doing a year-end one. He wants to give to everybody but can't afford it. So his charity campaign is raising money that he can give to all these charity campaigns. One thing that has uh, transpired uh, since the war in Israel started is the Jewish people as a whole have been purchasing lots and lots of weapons, stockpiling, in fact. And some people even bring it, bring their weapons to shul. Now, all of that is a-okay. However, some ethical and moral questions come up now on a regular basis for people who bring their gun to shul. And that is, do they bring the gun to shul and potentially protect and serve, or do they leave the gun at home so that they can drink at the Kiddush Club? Because you can't have drinking and guns at the same time. So sometimes people wake up Shabbos morning like, hmm, security of the Jewish people, or get a little buzzed with my friends at the Kiddush Club. This week we're going with the Kiddush Club. And so I know that this has happened here in Florida. I know this has happened on the West Coast as well. And uh, it's an amazing thing to be confronted with such a moral dilemma each Shabbos morning. Someone that I know here in Florida showed me that he has palm trees planted all around his house. And the way he was explaining it to me is that these palm trees, which are native to South Florida, will grow all around his house and protect him from a hurricane. And I responded to that, hey, buddy, that's just from the wind. But you live about a mile from the beach, what if there's a tsunami and the water comes up and drowns your home and your trees? What are you going to do then? Me, Shmuel Tenenhaus, the Shmuel Tenenhaus podcast, instead of having those trees, I have a bunch of sponges in my house so that if the water and the sea level rises, I could sponge it all up and my family is safe. We went to see the movie, The Holdouts. I think that's what it's called. It's with Paul Giamatti. And uh, we suspected it would be something uh, quirky and funnier, but instead it was less quirky, less funnier, and very, very long. My recommendation is you ought to hold out for this movie and not see it. Even though, again, if you really like Paul Giamatti, who's a very likable character, it is a long movie, and it got a very, very high rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So maybe, maybe you should go see it, and maybe on a Tuesday when it's less expensive. Um, there was the, the story is about people who are in a 
school and uh, everybody goes home for winter break and there's a group of people who always stay back because their plans fell through or they don't have anywhere to go. It kind of reminded me of when I was in Yeshiva in Brunois, France. Um, we stayed for Hanukkah, but really, I think most people stayed for Hanukkah, but it was kind of Yeshiva going on, but not really Yeshiva going on. And the night before, I had eaten by some restaurant. And in the middle of the night, I puked all over the floor, all around my bed. And in the morning, uh, Itchen Nemanov or Rebitcha comes in to wake me up because it's davening and he wants us to show up. And I, I, I'm trying to motion to him. And I basically said, uh, uh, in my I threw up, now you're standing in my puke. Uh, but then, obviously, I jumped out of bed and ran downstairs. And uh, that's the end of that story. It's not that, not that glorious of a story. I bumped into somebody, where was it, maybe last week? And he told me that his wife and him had a child, a baby boy, and they were having a bris. And it was going to be in Miami on Friday. And I told him, hey, listen, it's a schlep for me to drive out to Miami for your bris. But I really want to participate in your simcha. So do me a favor. Call an Uber to the bris and load it up with food for me and my family so that I can participate, even though I don't have to be there. And you don't have to have leftover food after your bris. And you could spread the simcha around and around. Obviously, uh, that didn't happen. But it is a suggestion that I have out there for people who can attend a bris, cannot attend a bris, but want some of that free food that comes along with it. Um, in sad news, I was making somebody a tea or making a few people teas, and I was using the Tazo brand, or maybe it's pronounced Tazo, but I think Tazo. And I was just checking out the types of teas that they have. Like one is called Tranquility. And one is called stress-free. And I'm really starting to get concerned for the pharmaceutical companies because little do they know that all their big pharma pills that they have to treat anxiety and depression can now be solved with just a $3 box of tea bags. And, uh, you know, I'm not a betting man, but I'd be shorting these stocks right now, all the big pharma, companies because there's this Trojan horse right now, these tea bags that uh, can take care of your serenity and peace and calmness, that you can be anxiety-free after your tea. I attended the Hanukkah festival, the 44th annual Hanukkah festival. Uh, this was in the Hard Rock Casino. And it was a great concert from all the entertainers. I would say my dad definitely had the most energy and I was sitting next to my brother and at some point in time, we all got up and we were dancing because it was very festive and joyful. And what really started to piss me off is my brother's grandparents who were in their nineties were just sitting 
on their asses not dancing. And I get that you're in your 90s, but everybody is up and dancing, and you decided to come to that concert. So let's get in there. Let's. And they, they had to get there somehow, right? They had. They're capable of walking. They they didn't just come down in a parachute from the rafters. They moved there with their feet. So get up and dance and stop using, oh, we're in our 90s as an excuse uh, to exempt yourself from the joy that's happening all around you. The other day, I received a alert, a fraud alert from my credit card company. And apparently, a charge was made at a Macy's. So I called up and I said, what makes you think that this is fraud? Because my wife is capable of shopping anywhere. And they said, well, nobody shops at Macy's anymore. So if we see a charge at Macy's, we believe it's fraud. I mentioned before about the movies on a Tuesday where it's a lot of cheaper so I want to walk you through a situation that continues to happen to me and my family and impacts all of us. So there is a bagel store near where we live. It's called Bagel Cove. On Tuesdays, they have a huge discount on a dozen bagels. Like maybe it's half off. So my wife says, hey, can you pick up some bagels so the kids have, you know, what they need for lunches, because once you have bagels, then they can do anything. There's unlimited options with a bagel. You can put tuna inside. You can put egg salad inside. You can put nothing inside. You can put grapes in a bagel. The problem is I keep forgetting. And if I forget to buy it on a Tuesday, I'm not buying it before the next Tuesday because there's such a good deal on Tuesday. So, yeah, the kids may not have snacks or lunches for a couple of days, but we're going to lock in that discount. And so this took place week after week where, you know, as I'm going to bed on a Tuesday night or waking up Wednesday morning, I'm like, Shrek, I knew it. I knew those bagels. And then my wife would say, hey, can you get those bagels? And I didn't want to say anything right back, but obviously I'm waiting until Tuesday to get the bagels. The short story is I waited. I finally made it there on a Tuesday and I bought a bunch of bagels which have since been gone. By the way, where we buy bagels, they charge extra to slice them. I'm not making that up. And if you want a hole in your bagel, uh, that is obviously an additional fee. Now, the Jewish community is obviously reeling from lots of um, tragedy and constant negative news cycle. And... Uh, I do want to call out something which I think is inappropriate. So you do have these Jewish singers. Um, some are famous and some are less famous. But now there is a new Jewish superstar uh, that goes by the name Nebach, Nebach the singer. And he sings very sad, slow tunes and perhaps it's a sign of the times, but I don't think that somebody should have or be called Nebach the singer because we're not Nebachs. We're, we're happy and we keep going. Maybe that person is himself a Nebach, but don't spread your Nebachkeit to all of us around.
That was a sigh for what's to come. So something that has really, really been bothering me is I got a request to record a video for somebody's birthday. Now, yeah, maybe it was a milestone birthday. It was uh, a decade-type celebration. And, you know, people do that. They say, hey, can you make a video? Uh, we're putting together a lot of videos to show this one person has a birthday. Well, first of all, there's something called Cameo, right? Do you want a, a Cameo for me? I'll charge you $50 to make a video. That, that I'm willing to do, but I'm not just going to send you some free content because you are too lazy or too cheap to buy your spouse a gift. I see right through you. You're saying, oh, I want to do something so lovely for my spouse. I'm going to collect a bunch of video clips. But I know what's going on. You just don't want to spend a penny on your spouse. I should not have to suffer because of that. So the next person who says, hey, can you make a video one minute? I'm going to say, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'll make a video explaining why I'm not interested in participating in this whole video charades. Go to Best Buy, go to Amazon, buy an actual gift rather than casting your burden on everyone around you and then it, get, it gets worse because there's always a deadline for the birthday. So like, oh, hello, everybody did a video. You're the only one who didn't video, do a video. And then like 24 hours before, it's like, if you don't do a video, you're dead to us. Everyone will know it's gone too far. I want to talk to you about, a, uh, it's not a Hasidic tale, but it's a, it's a Jewish tale about a guy who comes to shul on Shabbos and doesn't shut the F up. And if you go over to him, you'll say, hey, dude, can you, can you do us a favor? Shut the F up. He will not shut the F up and he will say, listen, I want to be in shul. So even if I don't shut the F up, I still want to be in shul. And I think, again, if we want to talk about the Jewish people as a whole and why we're still around, it's because this person's soul feels that he's got to be in a synagogue on Shabbos even if he doesn't shut the F up. And in fact, I want to write a kid's book about the Yid who wouldn't shut the F up in Shul. And again, it should be an inspiring and motivating story where again, yeah, a guy wants to come to Shul, he wants to talk, but he wants to be in Shul. He wants to talk, but he wants to do it in the Shul. That is the most important thing, to feel connected and uplifted and spiritual. Now, <clears throat> we're going to move on to the latest domestic news for the Shmuel Tendenhouse podcast, and that is that we, as a family, have procured two cats. One cat was not enough because we do things in twos in general in pairs. And officially, if you just get one cat, that cat has nobody to talk to. Now, why don't people just get two dogs so the dog has somebody to talk to? I guess it's different with cats because they're way more social, even though they don't seem social at all. So 
I'm not exactly sure. The reason why we got cats is I, I told my wife, hey, listen, our expenses are really getting out of hand. Please, let's stop if we can or slow down the purchases. And she said, great, we're going to get two cats. And now in addition to everything else that we're buying, now there's cat food, cat insurance, cat clothing. Uh, the cats are going to some gymnastic class now once a week. Uh, one of them wants to take a violin, which is the craziest thing either, because I've never seen at least a competent uh, cat playing violin. I've seen some amateurs, but this is a, a, on a whole nother level. And uh, we, we did get them. I should mention that we did get them at the Humane Society. So that, that was free. So like the acquisition part of it, bringing them into our home, that was free. But of course, you know, they upsell you when you're there on useless things like food and litter. And I should just say that there's been situations where the cats are tearing up the furniture. They have defecated in a child's crib on multiple occasions. And we were compelled to put a liner of tinfoil, like a Pesach kitchen, on the crib because cats do not appreciate tinfoil. Still, our family has a tremendous amount of affection for it. And if I would just do one-tenth of the things that the cats would do, my wife would throw me out. But somehow, the cats are lovey-dovey. Now, uh, we got cat insurance, which I don't get because if a cat has a serious problem, we can just drop them off back at the Humane Society where we got them so another great family can enjoy the cats. I will say that my friends have been very, very supportive about this addition to our family. Let me tell you some of the comments that I've gotten from my close friends and family. One friend, who's also a cousin, told me that he spends copious amount of times on YouTube watching cats attack their owner when it's completely unprovoked. Second of all, a guy in Shul who I told about the cats told me that I should know that if a person dies, the cats will eat up the corpse as opposed to a dog. And another friend who I was speaking to a couple nights ago told me that cats freak him out. And had I not seen the expression on the cat's faces when I was walking around with a plate of cheese, I probably wouldn't have taken that comment seriously. But the truth is they do kind of freak me out as well. And... Uh, my, ha my family's happy, though. And so, uh, really, <laughs> that's all that matters, right? <laughs> Nothing else matters if, if they're living their best lives. Anyways, uh, I love you all. Stay positive. Stay focused. Stay Jewish if you're Jewish. If you're not Jewish, stay not Jewish because <laughs> what do you have to be Jewish for? And uh, we'll be back for more. I'm actually uh, very excited to uh, get back into the swing of things on the podcasting.